0: Hey, welcome to Wednesdays in the Word and this is my hey, my annual Christmas message, which is kind of silly cuz it's the first Christmas message I'm doing in Wednesdays in the Word, but anyway. Uh, You know, this is all about Christmas season, and I want to share a message I simply title Another Christmas Story. Hey, remember, if you want to get more information on what we do, you can go to uh, vision.edu, drstandycovin.com, booksbyvision.org. We probably have a few others. But anyway, uh, to get more information on how to study, to get book material, uh, videos, other video content, we'd love to be, again, a blessing to you. So, hey you know, Christmas time is it is one of my favorite times of the year, to be quite honest. I like Thanksgiving better because I, I really think Thanksgiving is designed specifically to remember all the great things God has done. Christmas, of course, we do remember that God has sent His Son, and uh, I mean, thank God that God, being God, recognized that we could never. Never meet the requirements of a righteous God outside of the precious blood of Jesus. But anyway, I've you know I've always kind of favored the underdog, you know, the marginalized, the forgotten, the least amongst us, Um, those that have been taken advantage of, and it often does not seem fun, if you will, or uh, sometimes you can't see where God is in a situation but I, I believe with all my heart, there are people in the world that though marginalized and though seen as less than, really are significant, especially in the grand scheme of what God is doing. Let I me mean, just share a little story I mean many years ago i mean my you know i've a had a father in law mother in law my my, my father in law really he was a stepfather in law his name was Jack, and uh, Jack was an odd character in many ways he uh, he, you know, he was super ultra-conservative, loved to write to the newspaper about various and sundry things, and anyway, he was a bit of a curmudgeon, but, you know, Jack was the stepdad of my wife, Karen, and, um, and you know, he came into this family after the family had been absolutely fragmented through divorce. My Mother-in-law, father-in-law, they had been married, got divorced. My wife was, at the time, I think was 13 or 14, and then sister was 12, and little guy Les was 10, something like that. I forget the exact ages, but anyway, it was absolutely devastating on their family. A couple of years later, or whatever the time frame was, Jack came into Shirley's life, got married, and he took on the whole brood. You know the three kids who were hurt, wounded, devastated i mean they it's not that they were that loyal to their natural biological father who had essentially abandoned them. Uh, it wasn't so much that it was that I mean who was this interloper, this jack, who is this guy? He was weird, he was different, had hearing issues, blah blah blah, not the nicest guy necessarily, but overall he he took his responsibility. As being a father, yeah, he took it on, and he, he he did it with the best of his ability. And I I remember one one Christmas time the the siblings were just complaining about what a worthless guy Jack was, and I just was I was just convicted. I didn't really participate so much in the conversation. I didn't have a dog in the hunt, but I began to think about Jack, and I remember I wrote the siblings a letter and and i wrote jack a separate one the one i wrote to the siblings was hey guys come on have you no heart have you no sympathy have you no empathy i mean here's a guy that granted he's he has his issues but he was willing to take responsibility he's 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 loved on you the best he knew how he's provided for you the best he knew how I mean, he deserves to have a break. And I wrote him a letter thanking him for taking on the role of stepdad. I was thinking about that, especially in light of Joseph and his role as the stepdad of Jesus. What an interesting biblical character he was. I mean, the question really is, I mean, who was he? I mean, he was certainly had to be unique in character. He certainly embraced his role. But I'd like to suggest to you that Joseph was a man of God and a man with godly character. He would have been clearly a hard worker and a man with a good reputation, talks about that in Matthew 13, 55. Though he was the natural father, if you will, and but he was stepdad of Jesus. But he was the natural father of Jesus' siblings, and he was a role model. He was a husband to the woman giving birth to the to God in the flesh, but I, I thought about Joseph and I've thought about his life, and you know, I mean, what a, what an interesting character he really was. Because, I mean, he was you know the Bible clearly says he was a dreamer. In other words, he had the ability to have prophetic dreams. I, some folks have prophetic dreams, but I'm pretty sure it's bad pizza that they've eaten from the night before. But here, I mean, Joseph was not just a dreamer, but he was a dreamer that recognized that the dream was a dream from God himself and that he had a responsibility to respond to that dream. And with the dream, he responded by by taking responsibility, because the Bible says he was a a righteous man. He did not bend to the cultural expectation of the day, and that would have been oh yeah, yeah Virgin Mary, please. Uh, you know, I mean, the expectation of his culture would have been, you know, if you want to be a nice guy, you public, you privately put her away, and you end the betrothal, and you don't get married. Or, if you're not such a nice guy, you publicly shame her for obvious adultery. But now Joseph, he I mean, he, he heard the dream and he he remembered the dream and he recognized. This is Matthew 1, 20 and 2, 13, 19. He, he believed the word of the Lord, and he was obedient to it. I mean, who was Joseph? I mean, he was also obviously a mentor to Jesus. In Luke chapter 2, verse uh, well, in verse 40, verse 52, it talks about how, how Jesus grew in wisdom and knowledge and favor with God and man. Well, he grew within a cultural context called a family. And who was the primary person? Well, we know uh, Mary gets a lot of credit. You know, It must have been Mary that she pondered all these things in her heart well, Joseph would have had the same things in his heart. He saw the same things. He heard the same angels. He saw the same shepherds. He, he he met the magi. He also had those things in his heart, and he took on the responsibility of raising Jesus in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. I mean, there's no doubt that Jesus probably had his good days and bad days. I assume he stubbed his toe like if, Everyone else did. He probably had a few splinters in his hands from things. And Joseph would have been there. He would have taught him. The, he taught him a trade. He taught him how to read the Torah. He taught him everything that a good Jewish boy needed to know. Even though Joseph recognized, hey, this kid is truly special, yet I can't treat him like he's special. I got to treat him like any other kid because he's got to be able to fit into the culture. He's got to be able to have friendships. He needs to be able to be be social and relate to people, etc. And so as Jesus grew, Joseph was right there in the process of helping him grow. Raised Jesus. He raised him as a righteous man with a strong work ethic because no doubt he would have come alongside of him and he would have had Jesus working with him. And when Joseph did pass on, we don't know exactly when that happened, but we know it did, before Jesus started his ministry, that Jesus would have been so well-trained that he could step into the role of being the primary breadwinner for the family and the leader of that ragtag band. You know, ultimately, he would have come to the place where he worshipped his son with the angels. But he did so as one who was willing to embrace his role. He recognized that He wasn't the great Messiah himself. He wasn't a great prophet. He was just a dad. He was a dad that recognized that, as such, uh, you know, I I need to be thoroughly and completely responsible. I need to make sure my family's cared for and, and protected. I mean, you know, when it was time to move to Egypt, the angel came in a dream, and he protected his son. He protected his wife. He protected his other children came back, settled, was willing to settle in a really podunk place called Nazareth, but recognizing that it was all to fulfill prophetic word. I mean, I believe Joseph was a true man of God. When he had finished his course, of course, Jesus was proud to be known as Jesus of Nazareth. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Well, I'll tell you one thing certainly did, and that was Jesus. Even though he was raised in a place that nobody else would want to be, it didn't make any difference, didn't change his identity. He was still proud of the fact that he was a Nazarene. He was also the son of Joseph, and he was proud, I believe, to be the son of Joseph. Others would have said, man, Joseph would have been proud of you. Look at this son of Joseph. And yet Joseph recognizes, you know, he's, though he's not my biological kid, he's my kid. He's my son. He's also my savior, and he's the savior of the world. Thus, he was also known, of course, Jesus, as the son of God. Hey, this Christmas, I, you know, I think it's it's really helpful to stop sometimes and consider maybe the people in your world that aren't necessarily the greatest shakes, maybe haven't tri- triumphed in some way or changed the world, but they've been there. They've been consistent in their own special, inimitable style. They've loved you and cared for you. You might want to take a few moments to remember them. If they've already gone home to be with the Lord, maybe they're a part of the great cloud of witnesses. Maybe a wink in their direction might be good, but certainly to pass on to the next generation. You know, none of us are, or anything outside of the culture of in which we've been raised and our identity is is developed within the family that that God placed us in and it wasn't a mistake on God's part. You are who you are, you are where you are, and this Christmas I believe we need to be grateful for each other. Even for the least among us, even for the stepdads and the stepmonsters, moms, I'm sorry. And for those that maybe, you know, we would say, oh, I don't know about them, but yet God has placed them in your life for a purpose. You know, when the, uh, the shepherds saw Jesus, all they could declare was, wow. I mean, because of what they had heard from the angels. I mean, the magi came two years later and brought gifts, recognizing him as king. Of course, we know that Herod tried to take him out, killed hundreds and hundreds of babies. Jesus escaped. It almost seems unfair, but we recognize it was all a part of the ultimate plan of God. And all through this thing, Joseph was there, Mary was there, giving of themselves, giving of their resources, their life, their energy to prepare the next generation of which Jesus was so that the whole world would benefit from his life, his death, his burial, his resurrection, and his ascension. So I want to wish all of you a happy and blessed Christmas. And uh, hey, remember, you all have a Christmas story. We all have Christmas stories. You know, you, if you reframe them just a little bit, you can make them sweet and a blessing for the next generation. God bless.